You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no Welcome to our In Conversation programme, featuring sporting heroes from the world of sport in general and past and present Yeovil players and supporters. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. It's your chance to find out what makes these sporting heroes tick, and also we get a feel for their musical preferences. To take you out of this place, someone you can land. So sit back and enjoy as Three Valleys Radio brings you the best in local sport. heard the gag about he's had more clubs than Jack Nicholas. Well, tonight's guest certainly fits the bill. It's none other than Kim Grant. Okay, well, good evening, Kim. Um, it's great to catch up with you again. Um, where exactly are you? Hi, Eddie. Nice to hear from you. Uh, thanks, thanks very much for inviting me. Um, I'm actually in the Czech Republic. Quite right. cold here, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereabouts in the Czech Republic? Prague? I'm currently based in Prague. Yeah. Um, well, look, let, let's let's just start going through this. I've got this Wikipedia, which might not necessarily be totally accurate, but I'm sure it'll it'll give us a good idea. Um, you're over in Prague in in Czechoslovakia. Um, so let's let's just go through this. Um, you were born on the 25th of September 1972, which is near enough the same birthday as my son's. Well, he was born on the 25th of September, so you've got yeah. something in common with us straight away. <laughs> yep, that's yeah, that's correct. And you were born in Sekondai Takaradi. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Sekondai Takaradi. Yeah. In Ghana, West Africa. Um, but I left Ghana when I was roughly eight, nine, and I came came to UK. Yeah. My mother's white English, and my father's Ghanaian. And um, you're five feet ten tall, and your youth career started at Charlton Athletic. When did you end up going to Charlton? Funny enough, I actually started with Brighton, Brighton Boys. Right. And uh, um, that was going back, well, that's going a few years back. Thanks, AD. Um, <laughs> that's all right. 1988, I think, but I was with Brighton Boys. You know, these are uh, the old schoolboy forms. Um, and then, then we had a... Uh, I got picked up Charlton Athletic Scout at that time it was Colin Clark he was the uh, head coach of the youth academy system at that time I think it used to be like the YTS uh, scheme and stuff like that and um, he picked me up on the this, you know the uh, regional uh, like Sussex and uh, count, county league matches and um, he uh, invited me to uh, Charlton and uh, funny enough 
At that time, I was under Barry Lloyd. I don't know if you remember that, recall his name, the old manager of Brighton. Yeah, well, he was uh, also manager of Yeovil, wasn't he? Was he? I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so basically, um, during that time, I was with Brighton boys under 15s and stuff like that. And then um, Charlton invited me. At that time, Charlton were the old Premier League. It was first division at that time. And uh, uh, Brighton were in the second division, which is Championship now. Um <laughs> So I told that because I've been at Brian Balls for a little bit because at that time it was schoolboy form so it wasn't the fact that you can sign pro contracts and that. But anyway, um, so I went to Charlton uh, for a week um, and I was there for a week and afterwards coming in the weekend, funny enough, we were playing against Brighton and the under-15s in a friendly and uh, and I played for Charlton that day and uh, Brighton wanted me to play against Charlton and I scored a hat-trick against Brighton and more or less I signed a school... Uh, um, Portugal Academy forms with uh, Charlton that on that day. Right, and how old were you then? Fifteen. Yeah, I was fifteen. Yeah, so that must have been a bit of a buzz, wasn't it? Score hat trick. Yeah, that... yeah, it was. Well, it was a bit of a uh, sad, really, because obviously Brighton were looking after me at that time, and but. I don't know why I just decided to, I think it was, because at that time we had uh, Lenny Lawrence as the manager of Charlton and we weren't at the Valley at that time, we were playing at uh, Solos Park Yeah. and all the investment was spent on the academy, so they had a new Elton training ground uh, in Elton, New Elton and Sparrows Lane, so the training facilities was one of the best in the country during that time because they invested heavily on the youth, youth academy. So, um, when did you actually sign sort of professional forms with Charlton then? I actually signed pro forms around 16. Um, I made my debut for Charlton because um, they had a few injuries. And at that time, I think Garth Crooks was still playing. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they were forced to put me on a uh, sub. And I played again. My debut was against Wolves. They came on a sub and I scored. And I was, at that time, I was 17. But by then, I've already like pre pre-contracted as a pro but I still, still was training with the academy and everything but then once I scored that goal uh, the following week I was just with the first team ever since and you went on to make 155 appearances according to Wikipedia and scored 25 goals does that sound right? yeah I probably, I probably scored more than that um, and some of the stuff is not quite accurate because I played because I was there for almost like, nine, seven, eight years yeah, so I played the game, a lot of appearances. So, uh, the Wikipedia, I'm not sure if it's quite accurate. I'm sure I made more appearances than that, and uh, yeah. that's including even when I was at Millwall and stuff like that. So, um, it's hard to find out the accuracy of the. Um, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Made a lot, a lot of appearances. And during that time, you played against Manchester United and Liverpool in the FA Cup and yeah, scored. Oh, you're <laughs> Michael sent off in his career so oh is that right yeah yeah I, I, I think that's the only time he's been sent off and that was it was his fault it wasn't mine I was going through and going took me out so yeah <laughs> professional foul eh yeah exactly and yeah. then I had Eric Cantona stepping on my hand while I was getting treatment oh that's nice of him yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's you can't you can't uh, abuse Eric on my radio program. Eric's a king, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, he's, a he's a legend, but um, yeah. I have to give him a for on my hand. I imagine there's a few footballers that have got the dirty arts manual somewhere along the line, don't you? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I, was, uh, I think I was quite a good guy, so but uh, yeah. I was getting more bad treatment because all the centre halves are kicking me and. Uh, 
and uh, from behind and uh, had him back in my head. So from from Charlton, after um, seven eight years, you moved on to Luton Town then uh, in nineteen no nineteen ninety six ninety seven. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's about right. Um, that was a funny situation actually because actually everything happened so fast. Um, when I played against Liverpool, um, well, I scored. We played a Liverpool away, and I scored at Anfield. And uh, the following week, they offered me a new two year contract. And at that time, we were doing really well. Charm was doing really well, and we were in the playoffs area to get promoted. And um, it was weird because um, suddenly um, Alan Kirby she's gone and brought in Bradley Allen, and I was called, I was probably regular in the first team at that time. And then then suddenly Lenny Lawrence came in for me. Uh, I think on a transfer deadline, and uh, kind of caught me unawares. Uh, offered me a good contract. They were in the same division as well. But Luton was near the bottom, and um, I, I thought that maybe a change would be good for me. But in hindsight, you know, um, I should have gone on loan uh, with, a, with a view to transfer. But uh, but Luton, Charlton needed that money to sign Bradley, and Luton obviously Lenny brought me up through the academy and everything. So it was important that uh, um, I made sure that. Uh, because he brought me through the system, so I, I was quite confident and I would do well under him. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I went for, I think, 250000 300000 Yeah. Um, now, at this point, we normally break and put in some music, uh, usually the choice of the player concerned, but on this particular occasion, Kim didn't have time to fork out his favourite We've conferred on what we thought was your your choices or your likely choices, and this is the first one.
Kim, Chaz and Day there and Gurcha. I hope you had the whole of Prague tripping the night fantastic to that one. And we've got a few more gems to come yet, don't you worry. So, back to Kim's story. So, from Luton, uh, 30, well, 34, who knows, 43 appearances, I think. Uh, yeah, I only stayed there, sorry, I only stayed there for a year. Um, kind of, I got a little bit um, unhappy there because I actually didn't relocate to Luton. I was still travelling from Brighton every day. So it became a bit of a difficult situation for me, and uh, more or less, uh, I spoke to Lenny, and um, I wasn't happy um, there. So we, I managed to get a loan move off to Millwall for a short time, which I did really well in a short that short period. So, and then uh, Millwall decided to sign me, so which was closer to Brighton, so which was really really good for me. Yeah, and you were there for two years. Yeah, three years. Three years. Uh, Three years. Um, yeah, and I had a really, really good time. Um, again, Billy Bonds was there at the time. He was manager. Then and he left. And then uh, the former players, uh, Alan, McCleary, uh, Alan McCleary and uh, Keith Stevens. Yeah. I don't know if you remember them. The Rhino, the, his nickname was Rhino and uh, Macca. The two centre-halves, former Millwall players. Yeah. The two by the joint management. Um, yeah, and I started really well, and unfortunately, and I was under them. We, we did pretty good. Um, it wasn't, wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, the last year wasn't so great, but uh, it was, it was, it was a uh, first couple of years I really enjoyed myself, but the third year was a little bit tougher. Uh, they you sent you out on loan for a while to Notts County during that period yeah, of time. And on that one, I was under Sam Allardyce. I was coming back from injury and I needed some game time. So uh, Sam was looking for a striker um, and uh, basically went there for, I think, a couple of months. Uh, done quite well. Uh, Sam wanted to sign me, but for some reason, um, the, we, they couldn't meet the financial uh, requirements. So I stayed at Millwall and saw out my, uh, my contract. So, uh, and then, I mean, looking at your list of clubs, it's, it, it, you know that, that old expression, uh, Jack Nick, you've had more clubs than Jack Nicholas. Well, looking at this lot, I reckon you have, you know. <laughs> I feel I've got more, more clubs than, uh, I think Steve Claridge has beat me on the, the amount of clubs. So. Yeah, I mean, 1999, uh, uh, KFC, I thought that was chicken, chicken but... Yeah. Uh, 
also a team that I think Manchester City group, Manchester City have bought in Belgium in, in the second division. Yeah. At the time they were in the Premier League of uh, the English, uh, the Belgian top league. Yeah. Uh, so, so no, I'm, I'm going to try something new. Obviously, I played my, my career mostly in the in the UK, in the UK and uh, the opportunity came to go to an international level and uh, I felt that it, I would develop my game even more um, and also want to do experience new new um, new dimensions of football and did you get free KFC with it or what? yeah I wish I did but I probably visited a few <laughs> yeah I wonder if it was part of the contract that was all you know so many no, so many no, KFCs no. a week <laughs> Town, uh, nice little family club, um, which were you know playing above their weight in terms of um, you know against Anderlecht and all the Ghent and uh, Genk and all that. So yeah, um, it was pretty good, and uh, I, I had a good two years there. And then a couple of couple of appearances for FC Marco. Where's that? Yeah, this, uh, that's when I left uh, the club in Lomo in Belgium, and I went. That was in Portugal. And oh. I was in Porto. Right. Uh, uh, initially, I was supposed to sign for Sporting Braga, but the deal fell through. So me and I um, managed. I wanted to get signed up and everything, so I, I signed for a second division team there. Um, yeah. So that that was there, but that was a brief thing, and I had a, a issue with my back, and I had to have a back operation. So. Uh, that was a very short time, so I came back to UK to have a back operation to sort out my back issue. So yeah, it was it was, it was something that I wasn't um, pleased about, but um, yeah, that, that was the situation. And you joined Scunthorpe for a, a while, not a very long by the look of it, four games. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah again, that was coming back from um, the injury back operation, so I was out for about two months. Yeah. Um, and uh, Brian Laws gave me a call at that time he was manager of um, of uh, obviously Scunthorpe so I was up there did pre-season with them we played Leeds we played everything and he gave me a short term contract just to see through and unfortunately again uh, I did pretty well you know I was still coming back from injury but in the end um, uh, he said that a club couldn't Right, time for some more music now, and this is by a young lady called Mavis Staples, well actually not quite so young, but a fantastic tune nonetheless, and it's called tonight, I Feel Like Dancing.
was Mavis Staples, and tonight I feel like dancing. And now the most significant move of your career, you end up at Yeovil Town. Yes, um, it, was, it was a strange one because um, it was out of the blue, I came back, and then suddenly, um, obviously Gary gave me a call, uh, asked me to come down, and he wanted to... Um, he sold me a project that last year he's been coaching abroad in Latvia and he's come back and um, basically he said he wants to add a bit of experience to the team he wants to get promoted as soon as possible um, and you know they were, were full time and I, I loved everything what he said and I came down and uh, obviously he recruited very very young uh, athletic full of uh, a winning mentality and he built a very core group of players with dynamism, speed, you know, and uh, energy. Yeah. Which was really great and I kind of uh, fitted in quite well during that time, which probably that first year, I think we won the, um, we finished second against two Dagnum. Which yeah. We could have got um, and the second year we went up and uh, I think we won the trophy as well. So That's right, we did, yeah. Villa Park. Yeah, and, um, um, I, I was happy to be part of that history of that club and um, yeah, I could, could have played more but obviously there was a very, very um, we had a very good young team and dynamic uh, team that uh, I think everybody was very pleased with mm. and, and you know, do you, do you enjoy yourself? You've got good memories of Yeovil, have you? Yeah, definitely, definitely we, you know, the, um, I, I, I hope that my experience helped the team, yes uh, also, also we had a uh, Demba, Demba was there, so we had a couple of foreign players as well. So yeah. there was a mixture of youth foreign players and, and a bit of experience with Carlo Ford myself. Um, you know, and I think he got the balance perfect, perfect. You know, um, as much as I like to play more, I also understood the the situation in terms of um, I'm not able to play all the games because of the I wasn't a spring chicken then, but. You know, when we were needed, we were called upon, like myself, um, Carlo, um, we were able to contribute as well. Absolutely, yeah. No, and you, you, you were remembered there. That's for certain. I, I mean, that's when I met you first, obviously. And um, but you obviously moved on, and you went to uh, Albufeira in Portugal, I presume, yeah. Yes, yes, and that was um, obviously um, Gary said to me after the, the Yovo. He said, "Look, the team is he's going to go a different direction." And I totally respected it. I understood it, you know. And I think all the other players he wants because we went to League Two. So yeah, um, there was something that came up again in terms of uh, I was already in Portugal, but this was obviously by the sea, Algarve, mm. uh, which was presented to me. I went there and I, I had a really, really good time. Uh, there, obviously, sun, sunny Algarve. Um, that was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Next up on the list, we got Sarawak. Now, where's that? Yeah, that was that was a funny one because in my contract uh, when I was in the Algarve, uh, because they were in the second division, um, I had in my contract that um, if a top top league team came in for me, um, they will give me they will be allowed. I'll be allowed to leave. So um, during the first year in Algarve, um, a team from Premier League top league in Malaysia. Uh, made an approach for me, and obviously I, I took upon my contract in terms of the the clause uh, because 
obviously I wanted to play at a higher level. Um, yeah, so it was really, really, really good. And I was really happy that I went. And funny enough, I was there for a year in Sarawak in Malaysia. It's um, it's on the main other island, not in Kuala Lumpur, but in the Bueno Island uh, near Sabah. So a beautiful country. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. And uh, I was there for, I think, a year and a half or something like that. Because yeah. uh, I had uh, Trevor Morgan, an English manager, right. uh, brought me over there. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so after that, and funny enough, the president of the club from Abu Fira uh, asked me to come back. So I went back to Algarve again. So oh, right. it was kind of like, um, and the seasons are different, you know, the time of the year. So you had a season in January, with the leagues were starting in January, and uh, the, the English league or the European league starts in May, June, July. So was, I was going from pre-season to pre-season, so I was pretty tired. <laughs> And next up, we've got Shonan Belmar. Where's that? And that's in Japan. That's in Hiratsuka, uh, in the... I'm not sure the region, but it's about an hour's drive from Tokyo, close to Fuji Mountain. Yeah, so I was there for a year. It was an, again, it was another experience opportunity I was offered. And at, at that time, obviously my age and everything, I just wanted to experience as much as possible gain knowledge in terms of I started to have feelings for um, coaching as well so I wanted to gain as much experience as possible and that opportunity came to me and then I, I took it and uh, it was again it was one of the decisions I made that I felt that was right for me and I was there for a year and I really thought it, again I really enjoyed it um, didn't play many games but uh, but to see the professionalism the, the technologies what is now in this country uh, in, in UK you know they had they were a little bit advanced and I think that's where Arsene Wenger because he was at Grumpy's age yeah. with his scientific stuff and I re- I noticed that that's more or less the, the case that why Arsenal was so ahead in um, when he came to to be Arsenal's manager so um, it was, there was fairly far advanced you know they had oxygen tanks they had the uh, cryo tanks everything so mm. so i was quite surprised time for more music now and it's track three and this time we've got the sound of Tavares and don't take away the music <laughs>
There you go, the sound of Tavares there, and don't take away the music. So what do you think then, Kim? Any good the music choice? I think it's great, but uh, I wonder what you think. Then you came back to England again, Gravesend, Gravesend and Northfleet. Yes, um, now, it, now they're at Epsley, so um, they've changed their names to Epsley. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I came back there, uh, Liam Daish was manager, um, uh, we had a great time, we had Bobby Barry, so I had some of my ex teammates from Millwall was there, Rick and Newman, um, and we, you know, we were trying to do a similar kind of uh, situation we did with Yeovil, um, and more or less, uh, it was, it was, a, I was there for a year or so, and uh, we did quite well, but didn't get to the level where the club should have been, so, um, and that time I think I was 34, 35, something like that, I um, wasn't. So it was coming towards the end of my career anyway. But uh, yeah, again, every every club that I went to, I really enjoyed myself um, and gained experience from different environments. So during this period of time, were you were you married? Did you have a family or anything that was coming around with yeah, you? I was married at that time. Um, I had a kid, um, but I I got divorced um, roughly in two thousand and eight when I actually became a player manager at Woking. Right, right. But before you got there, you'd, you'd, you'd popped into Wimbledon for a, a year, by the look of it. Um, yeah, that was like under, under Dave Anderson. Um, so I, I was at Wimbledon only for a short time. Um, uh, and then I think they were going through a little bit of a change in terms of direction and uh, where they want to be, because I think that's when they, they broke up from the M- MK Dons and the Wimbledon having the issues. Yeah, yeah. Meadow. Um, so they were trying to re restructure and start up. So, uh, and then I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Sengang Pungo. Oh yeah, uh, that's more or less probably my last club. I was there. That was in Singapore. Yeah. Uh, before they were they were they, they are now called um, Gang United. Right. And again, they've rebranded their name, but they, yeah, Sengang Pungo again. The guy, the manager who took me to Sarawak, um, uh, Trevor Morgan, he was manager there, and obviously um, I was going to follow him. But yeah, it was very, very, really great time. I had the beautiful country, Singapore, um, a few Australian players, uh, but overall it was, a, it was a great time and done really well there. Um, and then, didn't win it, but I, I scored a lot of goals there, and uh, I was kind. Two years I was there. And then moved on again to Geylang United. Yes, and that was the other team that was playing in the Premier League as well. So after that, I, I went to the other, other club and I spent a year there. Um, again, I did quite well. Uh, but unfortunately, they were trying to have had some complications with my contract issues and everything. So uh, I kind of called a time on, on, that, on that side of things. But again... Didn't have any issues at all the time. My the quality of the time I had there. And then you went to Woking as manager. Yeah, as player manager. Yeah, um, but uh, sadly you got uh, the fate that a lot of managers get. A football grads, I guess. This is, he did work yeah, out quite the way he won it. It was a, it was a strange one working because at that time, obviously, I started to do my badges and everything, and I applied for the job. Um, well, I was actually, I was at, uh, on a coaching course and they contacted me and said like, they want to interview me and 
see where my mind is. And I give them a philosophy, uh, structures, uh, how I want to do and everything. And actually, I actually lost one game and I drew the rest of them. And for some reason, they just go cold feet and, um, and it didn't last long, uh, which was, I was a little bit sad about because I think, um, you know, they didn't give me the time. And when I, and that club was going through a transition in terms of going from an amateur club to a professional club. Um, yeah. So we had a lot of part-timers who have not played pro going to a professional environment, which was really, really tough for them. Uh, some, of them were, some of them were still working, but um, having to be on pro contracts, you know, trying to get them to have double sessions and all that. So it was a tough period for that transition of that club. Um, and obviously, um, it didn't last as long as I wanted. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was that was part of my stepping stone going into coaching. And uh, as, you, as I say, I think uh, like a, a coach once said, you're not a coach to you, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I went from then and I sort of kind of determined to get back to coaching and uh, really um, path my own way in my destiny of, in a, as a coach or as a, as a manager. Now, in 1996-97, you played seven times for Ghana. Yes, yes. That one was through when I was I got transferred from Charlton to, Mil, uh, to Luton. Um, so it, that was the height of my period where I was really playing really well for Charlton. Then I got transferred to Luton. I was scoring goals and everything. And uh, I had the opportunity to do, get called up. Um, I didn't think I would probably get called up for England because I think England had a very good good uh, team then and obviously we were in the first division not not the Premier League so it was uh, I, I think it was a championship at that time so um, yeah it was it was it was an opportunity that couldn't turn down being an international player get some caps um, yeah so we played and obviously I played with Tony Obola uh, Abidi Pele Samuel Kufour from Bayern Munich um, and I'm sure you're pretty aware, aware of him when he was uh, when you scored uh, Shoshkar scored that final goal. Uh, Samuel Kufour went on his knees you know, against Bayern Munich. You know. I remember it well. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it was it was I had some great great players I played with there, and uh, it was a brilliant experience. So um, I really enjoyed it. it didn't, I didn't play as many games I, I would have liked to, but the the African Cup of qualifiers, the FA um, World Cup qualifiers was taking its toll on me in terms of travel, distances and everything. So, yeah. And Lenny, Lenny, at that time, Lenny Lawrence wasn't happy with it. So um, so he kind of said to me, I have to prioritise the, the clubs paying me and not the national team. Uh, so I kind of held back a little bit in terms of the, the, the national side. So I was trying to focus on my career. Oh, now, and this one is called Open Sesame, and it's by Cool and the Gang.
there we go. Cool and the gang. Open sesame. So now you end up back at your hometown where you were born. Yes. Um, so I was um, so I'm not back between that. I was actually working when I was. I came back to uh, Czech Republic, um, and um, I was working for West Brom for about seven years. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, so I remember discussing that with you once when I spoke to you yeah. on the phone. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of work for West Brom for the first team across Europe, um, scouting for them. Obviously, my main area was Czech Republic, but obviously Czech has got Austria, Poland, Germany, Slovakia all around. So it was, they found out that I was living in Czech and they wanted to utilise my, obviously, my location and to scout around uh, the, the East European countries and mm. West Germany, uh, which was quite good. I really enjoyed it. Again, it gave me opportunity to meet uh, sporting directors, meeting up with European clubs, uh, going to training sessions, watching, observing training matches, observing players, and again, went into the scouting uh, environment uh, to add to my CV, which was part of coaching as well um, so it was really really great experience so I did that for seven years and I had an opportunity to set up my own kind of like a training football academy for professional players who are out of contract um, just to help them re-engage back into pro football and through my experience with all these clubs I I played for I was able to have still contacts and friends in these countries that players wanted to come and play in Europe as well as from you know Japan, South Korea, from UK, from you know Belgium. So I was able to create a little uh, environment and through my contacts, through the scouting and uh, I was able to deal, speak with, uh, they had a trust in me and we played against Premier League teams during their pre-season so players were able to re-engage back into a professional. Um, so and through that um, somebody offered me uh, a Premier League club in Bangladesh to be a head coach yeah. a new project a new club that has been set up be part of the new Premier League club and uh, putting in place a philosophy so yeah so which one was that was that KGIFA that was the the academy program I set up alright so, so which, which was the club in Bangladesh then uh, Saif Oh yeah, yeah, we've moved down there. Okay, well, so what was what was Cape Coast Abusi Dwarfs then? Yeah, they were. That was when I was at, after Saif Sporting Club. Um, oh yeah, before Saif Sporting Club, I went to Cape Coast. They're based in Ghana. They're a Premier League team, uh, a very traditional club. They got a huge fan base, um, and they were going through a bit of a turmoil. They were at the bottom of the league, um, and the owner actually the. At the time when I was a national Ghana national player, the the federation Ghana federation president was the owner is owner of the club. So he uh, headhunted me and asked me if I can come down, be a technical director, restructure the club, and be a head coach and mentor the young coaches there, and try to get the club out of its current position because. They actually went into a brand new. They were going to into a brand new stadium for the following year, and they didn't want to be in the first division, uh, which won't befit the club because obviously they want to 
Yeah. Maintain the Premier League status and be in a new stadium, uh, 30,000 capacity stadium. Um, yeah, so I went there and uh, we did really well and I managed to restructure the club, rebrand a little bit. And within a full, I, I agreed to a four months uh, contract. Um, so in that four months, like, we lost the first game, but then we went on a winning run. I think we won 10 in a row after that. And uh, we I kept them up. And uh, we came to kind of a negotiation toward the end of the league. Uh, they kept up. We actually, we, we were bottom and we finished like uh, seventh in the league, which was which was pretty good. Uh, and, uh, but we came to, we parted ways because we couldn't come to a financial agreement. And yeah, I just I just moved on from there. So, but I was really happy that I was I was able to turn. Yeah. No, oh, well, obviously it cheat cheat quite a bit there. That's for sure. Okay, time for some more music now, and it's Earth, Wind, and Fire, no less, and September.
Earth, Wind and Fire there and September. Um, so where are we now then? Are we at Sive Sporting Club or are we at Elmina yeah, Sharks? So, so, we, so I went back and I started working back for West Brom. So I was kind of in between. Yeah. And uh, well, actually, funny enough, in, when I was at... Uh, I went back to Sire Sporting Club then I went then I left Sire Sports Club and I got an opportunity to go to back to Ghana as a, again technical director uh, and a head coach for the Elmina Sharks yeah um, so I was there for uh, 2017 2000 2016 2017 18 yeah um, so again the owner uh, wanted um, to rebrand the club wanted to build a youth Academy, they had a ladies' team, they had a men's team, so I supervised the head coaches there to make sure that uh, they have the right structure, putting their philosophy, DNA, uh, club DNA, philosophy plan, and everything. And of, of course, do the scouting, putting a scouting infrastructure uh, to recruit the best local talents and everything. So that was part of it. And during between that, actually, I got headhunted by Manchester United. To be um, to be Europe scout for them for in Europe. So I actually they didn't know, but I actually flew from Ghana and all the way to Manchester United. All expenses covered by Man United, and uh, had an interview. I spent two days in Manchester. Um, I think that was the time where Mourinho was trying to recruit about fifty scouts. Yeah. Yeah, so I was one of those people that had it interviewed, went through a process and everything, but unfortunately I didn't get it, so... Oh, that's a pity. Yeah, so I then went back and then, uh, yeah, I was, quite, I was quite successful at that club, and then in 2018, um, the, the biggest club in Ghana, Accra Hearts of Oak, obviously approached me to be director of football and head coach of the club, um... To because the club hasn't won. They've won about twenty titles, but they haven't won anything for for um, for eleven years. So they wanted to change that, and they wanted to rebrand the club again, restructure it, put a uh, infrastructure in terms of DNA, philosophy, and everything. As they saw what I did at my previous club. Yeah. So yeah. So we got managed to. We had an American CEO come on board. Uh, we managed to rebrand it. We got Umbro sponsorship for the first time in the club's history. We uh, restructured the youth academy, um, and obviously I was putting the scouting infrastructure, brought in new players. We were really, really good, and uh, we got into a position where there was a corruption with the Ghana Federation Football Football Federation, so the league was stopped, truncated for a year. So during that year, they, they set up a, a temporary league because they, we needed two teams to qualify for the African uh, Champions League and like similar to the Champions League and the Europa League, they needed uh, two teams to qualify. So they set up a temporary league format so the North and South teams play in groups of eights. And then, yeah, so we, we, I won my first the group stage to go to the semi-finals. Um, and unfortunately we lost on penalties and everything so it's only that last end of this year last year in December 2019 uh, I left my role um, yeah so since then because of the Covid as well so there was a lot of changes that happened so. 
So it sounds like you were you're almost like a red adair in that that uh, if you, you remember him with the, the oil rigs and they used to call this red adair and to sort it all out. Well, it sounds to me like you were doing the same thing, but with football. Yes, uh, but it was, it was really good and it's, it's given me such great experience. You know, um, I'm a qualified full-time coach. I've got my licenses now. Um, I was actually supposed to go on a pro license course this this year, but because of the COVID. I'm going to have to delay it. So, um, yeah, so I'm now open to get back into coaching. I've refreshed myself. Um, you know, I've been linked with a lot of clubs back in the in the Ghana League, etc. But ideally, if, uh, I've applied for a couple of jobs uh, internationally. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm really ready to go. I've got a lot of experience now and... Uh, looking forward to the, my next challenge time for some more music now and this is a very very special record that all managers in the football league in the premier league all around the world they just love this one Managers anthem. Give me just a little more time by the chairman of the ball. So that that brings us complete circle, really. Then Kim and uh, you're over in Czechoslovakia. What's the COVID like over there? Is it as bad as in England? Uh, we've, been, we've been under lockdown for the past 
last two, three months. Uh, so there's been a curfew for um, from 9, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Yeah. And basically, we've just been locked out. All the shops, uh, only the essential uh, pharmacies and uh, obviously shopping shopping centers, um, supermarkets and yeah. hospitals are open. Um, all closed shops, everything's been closed down. So, but it's only now that they're going to they're going to review it end of this month and start the, the different levels of tiers to release um, uh, the restrictions a little bit for Christmas. But um, it's it will go to a very high peak of uh, positive. Um, but now I think because it's been a such a very drastic change in. Um, in our restrictions, so the the it's got the positives have gone. The, there's more negatives now than positives. Mm. So yeah, so about hopefully it's not been too bad. Everybody's nobody's really complained. Just got on with it. To be yeah, honest. yeah. So so what's next then? Obviously, you, you you're looking sort of towards the coaching role, and as you say, you're gonna you've had to postpone doing your your badges, but you know you're gonna do that. I mean, is that, is that the plan? Coaching now or management or both? Yeah, well, that, that's been my. That's been my life for the past what, six years now. I've just been more or less coaching, been head coach, director of football, board level. Um, yeah, so I'm just I'm now looking obviously to get back in uh, some capacity. As you're aware, the football got stopped. Uh, there's been a lot of challenges for coaches themselves because you know teams have been getting rid of coaches uh, in the management level and stuff like that. So it's been challenging times for coaches who were in jobs and lost their jobs and trying to get back in again. Um, but hopefully in a new year, or hopefully before Christmas or something, I'd like to be back in, in a job. Um, but, uh, you know, never say never, but uh, the COVID has certainly affected the, the, the football environment. And, and that new job anywhere, but would you like to come yeah, back to England? Uh, I would love to come back to UK, you know, uh, if an opportunity arises. Um, again, uh, it's just having ways to be patient, apply for the jobs once they, they come up. Um, you know, I've got my A license, so I'll be going on to my pro license as well. I've got all my other certification, the youth advanced license and everything. So uh, it's just about a matter of being uh, getting the right opportunity. I've got more than enough experience now, uh, board level technical level and obviously uh, coaching level as a head coach so or manager level so yeah so I'm more than capable of uh, moving on to better things and uh, hopefully very soon sooner than later now I'm going to sneak in one final record before we get to the end of Kim's story and for those of you who are not familiar with records make it a track and it's the late great Marvin Gaye what's going on <laughs> Don't need 
fantastic Marvin Gaye there and what's going on well look Kim it's been a fascinating uh, getting on for an hour um, to hear your story is, is just amazing really with the number of countries you've been to and your experiences I mean uh, if anybody wants somebody with a, a vast knowledge of football I should have thought you are the man straight away but, yeah uh, it would be great you know but you know it's sometimes football doesn't work like that you know but no. um, yeah fingers crossed um, you know I just have to keep maintain positive keep learning keep improving myself as a as a person as a coach you know um, and then just hope, hope for the best that something turns up and uh, yeah definitely I'm very open, much very much open for offers and um, and uh, I want something exciting I like challenges I like to challenge myself and hopefully a club that's out there has got a good project wants an ambitious coach full of energy uh, with experience yes I'm 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 the right man to do it. 
Okay, well, let's hope somebody's listening to this programme and uh, you get a few uh, inquiries from the programme. So, uh, <laughs> Kim, it's been Thank brilliant. It's been team. it's been really brilliant talking to you. Thanks ever so much for joining me. Good luck for United tonight. You need it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, you know, no, thanks ever so much for that, Kim. It's, it's great. It's good, you know, touching base with you after all these years. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to see that you're being successful. So keep it up, mate. Thank you very much, Andy. I really appreciate having me. Thank you. Okay, cheers for now. Valley's Radio, and you've been listening to In Conversation with A.D. Hopper. Stay tuned for all the local news and sport on Three Valley's Radio. Ahead, in return for grace, it's a beautiful